0: Welcome to this episode of our new AWS podcast series, Innovation Ambassadors. I'm Sarah Armstrong, and as Senior Manager for Worldwide Prototyping at AWS, I'll act as your ambassador to some of the most interesting engagements with our AWS prototyping teams. On this episode of Innovation Ambassadors, we're celebrating our podcast's first anniversary. We've looked through our first year of stories and journeys into some of the most compelling customer engagements with the Amazon Web Services prototyping teams. We're going to ask three of our seasoned prototyping leads to think about those moments and lessons that helped our customers innovate, experiment, and succeed in their fields. So welcome to our special gathering and let's look back at the key themes that emerged across 15 episodes with customers ranging from National Basketball League of Australia, to Hololight, to Bridgestone, to EB Research. Whether exploring applications for augmented reality, research data for rare childhood diseases, pandemic error, clinical trials, or new ways to deliver video content, The craft of the possible is revealed through processes that our guests today know very well. So stick around and hear what we've learned and maybe even get a glimpse of the future. Today, I'd like to welcome three friends of the show. First up, we have Angela Lindstrom, Principal Technical Program Manager, who joined us for episode 15 to talk with PRA Health Services and is well acquainted with many of the prototyping engagements from our teams in the Americas. Hi, Angela. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Also joining us is Marcus Biestehorn, Principal Engagement Manager from our EMEA prototyping team, who was our Ambassador for Engagement with HoloLight in Episode 9. Good to have you with us again, Marcus. It's
1: great to be here. Thanks.
0: And I'm happy to welcome back Martin Payne from our ANZ prototyping team, who joined us for a number of episodes, including those with MBLA in Episode 5 and Vimana Tech in Episode 12. Thanks for being with us again, Martin.
2: Hi Sarah, great to chat
0: again. So I thought we'd talk about some of the common themes that we've seen threaded through uh, not only a number of the podcasts that we've done with customers, but just in general in the customer engagements that we do in the prototyping arena. And one of my favorite quotes, I think it was from our engagement with 3M, where. They talked about setting an audacious goal and Michael over at EB Research said much the same thing of really thinking big about the technology transformations that they could do with the power of cloud computing. And I think, Marcus, if I remember correctly, we had Philip talk to us about daring to think big in the HoloLight engagement. Yeah.
1: Yes, and they were one of those customers that had an audacious goal. They wanted to transform their business away from having to install on-premise hardware for their virtual reality and augmented reality solutions so that customers could also pay in a a different way. Previously, they were just a license-based business where you had to just pay for a license once and they wanted to turn this into a pay-per-use cost model and a business model. So. That was their audacious goal, and prototyping over the course of, uh, I think, a four-week engagement helped them to implement the foundation of what would really enable them to come to a pay-per-use model that would not require any on-premise hardware. So that is definitely a theme that we see with many customers in prototyping.
0: It reminds me, Angela, of when Josue was talking about, in the Springs engagement, Not just thinking about textiles, but thinking more broadly about sleep health and really opening up the mind of what was possible.
3: Definitely. I think uh, with that engagement in particular, it was a lot of creativity, experimentation, not knowing exactly what the outcome was going to be, but really embracing experimentation wholeheartedly and prototyping. I remember our prototyping architects taking IoT devices embedded in their own pillow and testing that over at their own house when they slept. And that whole engagement uh, led to the customer actually taking that product to the market and really introducing sophisticated sleep technology in the homes of ordinary consumers. So
0: Martin, that reminds me a little bit of our second theme, which is this idea of embracing the unknown, of demystifying experimentation and being okay to fail fast and to learn from what we do. And it makes me think of some of the conversations we had with Andreas at Provectus Algae. And, and of course, that they're at the forefront, aren't they, of that biotech transformation. Yeah, I think
2: they call it synthetic life. That was really cool because the whole point of their whole Business and the prototype was experimentation. And I don't like to call it fail fast, I like to call it learn fast. They were so focused on the core of their thing, which was uh, experimenting with synthetic life, they didn't step back and they hadn't had a chance to step back and take alternate approaches to the tech that they were using. They were just incrementally layering really more on top of what they already had. And it was, it, it felt like an immovable thing for them. But then obviously the cloud brings a whole new superset set of possibility that you, you can't get with the more traditional stuff they were doing.
0: So that craft of the possible that we often talk about and explore here, that was something we really iterated on with PRA Wesley and Angela in looking at what kind of technologies they could bring to the transformation they were trying to do in the clinical trials space.
3: They were looking at other modalities of engaging their patients for clinical trials. And of course, this was happening all during the pandemic, where it was very difficult to conduct clinical trials because we couldn't all be together in the same room, couldn't be in a clinic necessarily. And this is their way of innovating through a challenge that we all faced using voice technology to engage customers, using virtual technologies to engage their patients, to help them report their studies without having to be. At a clinic, using our voice services as well as AI artificial intelligence services to then gain insights on the speech.
0: And we don't always know what technology direction we're going to take. I mean, that's the whole point of prototyping, isn't it, Marcus, to actually try out a direction. And, and I remember when you were talking with Philip at Hololight, you assumed you were going to take a certain direction, Did't work out that way.
1: Yes, and and that's quite natural and always part of a prototyping engagement when we set up these goals from a business side and then drive them down into what we call executable goals, which are more technical. In this case, we were set out to use container technology, which basically meant they had an application that would previously run on-premise with their customers and render the images that would go into the devices of the customers so that they had this virtual reality environment where engineers, for example, could collaborate on designing an engine in a virtual room, so to say, and then take apart this engine. This rendering usually would occur on-premise, and we assumed that we could just use containers to move that application into the cloud. And that assumption turned out to be actually not possible. Um, The application had a special way of accessing the GPU and needed special requirements and drivers that were not, at least not in a scalable way, usable from a container. And that meant we had to kind of pivot on this technical decision and this technical assumption and find a way around it. We found a way how to do this and still achieve this overall business goal of the customer. But of course, the execution um, was different than we anticipated. But this is not only a learning for us, it's a learning for the customer. And we always have these kind of boundaries of technology that we then find out and try to overcome with creative ways and, and building technology, whether that's just AWS technology or broader, as in this case, container technology.
0: I was recently talking to our customer with MUFG and one of the areas that they shared was this idea and you talk about, you know, you're defining those technical success criteria and really starting with something that we, uh, starting iteratively, right? Like starting with something that is maybe a little bit simpler and then building out and building up on that approach uh, was really important to how they were gaining that experience, not only with the technologies, but with the way of working. And I think we've seen that across multiple of our customers, haven't we, Martin?
3: Yeah, I
2: mean, I think the important thing uh, it's, it's our team does something similar, I think, to what Marcus just described. We start with a, a bit of a, a working backwards statement of the business challenge. And with no technical detail, there's a short engagement. You've got no time to do the detailed requirements up front. So you have to be incremental. Uh, and NBLA was a really good example of that. They had this challenge of getting fan presence into COVID-restricted basketball games without physical presence and getting the game presence to the fans. So Having that business challenge as a statement, we were able to layer on some solutions to that problem and deliver a virtual production control room on top of all that as well.
0: Yeah, that experiential approach, Marcus, is really part of how we do. We talk about teaching folks to fish instead of giving them the fish, right? And really getting hands-on with our technology and, and building with them.
1: The building. Usually it takes between two and six weeks. And the most important point is really that we enable the customer to be self-sustaining on AWS, that they gain the knowledge to actually bring whatever they have to production. It's not the idea that we build something for them and then it's, it's just used. The idea is more that they get a foundation from where on they can build out additional applications, additional use cases on top of that or even add new business ideas to this without requiring us to do the engineering for them or anything like that. And that's actually one of the advantages that you get with the cloud, that you have these building blocks where you don't really need to fully build the the whole technology stack, but instead you build mostly your application logic, so to say.
0: And that incremental approach to innovation, Angela, and that sort of experience, building right alongside our customers, that's something you've seen in the Americas.
3: It's not necessarily limited to technologists who want to expand their technical expertise in the cloud or with various domains such as ML or IoT. It's also with our business stakeholders. We will bring design thinking techniques and user testing. A lot of customers these days, especially when they're building new products, are sensitive to human-centric design, whether it's for effective data visualization, for storytelling and insights, or product usability and desirability so we'll bring the tools we also have technologists design technologists on our team to help customers do that design exploration as well as user testing there are times where the technology exploration is not enough we got to really fail fast at understanding that whether or not the design itself is usable and desirable for the ultimate end customer
0: that really resonates, that notion of bringing the human into this. It's not only about technology, and we hear that so often, don't we? I, I remember our first episode was with Munich Leukemia Lab and the way that they're bringing computer vision into a whole new realm of leukemia diagnosis. And just across industries with 3M, Bridgestone, MUFG, as I mentioned, our customers are sharing with us that that cultural transformation comes right alongside the technology transformation that they're able to do. Uh, Marcus, you had some experience with this, haven't you?
1: The prototyping itself is not just about technology. It's, it's often also that we try to set the customer up and also help them organizationally. We had customers that would operate their infrastructure in a traditional way. For example, we had a customer that had a team that was dedicated, like your normal IT team, that would be dedicated to the resources and deploying resources. And they would be the ones, for example, that would deploy all the cloud resources, and they would have a development team that would use those resources, just like you would have it in a traditional IT department. But that they tried to translate that to the cloud, and that meant that the IT team was the only one that was allowed to deploy a new Lambda function. But um, the developers would then get that new Lambda function, and they would just fill in the code. That, that sounds awkward and it was because it was slowing them down and we showed them how to overcome that and that they would need to change that so that they could make full use of the cloud and that they could iterative, uh, iteratively and get quicker at building. And that this kind of approach actually slows them down to the point where they couldn't see the advantage of, of the cloud anymore. And that was not the technology or anything. It was just an organizational rule that they had tried to enforce from their previous IT ways into the cloud and that obviously prevented all kinds of things like continuous integration and so on. So this is something that we see with customers and it's always a mixture of just technology and but also organizationally how, do, how you set yourself up for success and making use of the cloud.
0: And as you mentioned Angela that especially when you're prototyping new to market innovations that you really have to look at that the human the end user and take them into the account from the very beginning right?
3: Definitely. We always have to consider what's in it for that end user. Why would they use and adopt that technology? Yeah, Even if it's an internal product or tool within the organization, definitely want to focus on who is the ultimate customer and design the solution around that. And that often means not just working with technologists, but also working with operations, marketing, sales, product teams within the organization for that kind of 360 view to solve that problem. And also taking that to the market.
0: It's been fun to kind of think through some of these bigger themes that we've seen in prototyping and the the journeys that our customers have shared with us. In closing, I would love to hear from each of you what your favorite thing about prototyping is, Angela?
3: My favorite thing is to see a customer succeed after our engagement. I love to see their idea, their product ideas, especially launch in the market in a accelerated time frame that they probably didn't see themselves doing even before the engagement. So I'd love to see that. How about you, Martin?
0: I think I like
2: most that creative moment when you take their goals and intersect it with the technology and you get something that works that the customer seamlessly can take on board and it transforms some business function, but it also transforms the way the team operates
1: and then they can deliver that to production. Marcus, I'm also very satisfied whenever a customer brings something to production, but if I had to boil it down to that single moment that is really very satisfying at at prototyping, it's usually in the first third of the engagement, definitely in the first half. You start having a steep learning curve with the customer and the uh, and the customer struggles a bit trying to use the new technology and, and so on. But then that single moment comes when they realize, Yes, we now have all the little pieces in place and and we kind of understand how everything can fit together. And then it's suddenly there's this click moment where the customer realizes that they can achieve their thinking big goal, their goal that they want to actually achieve. Even if it takes a couple of more iterations, that's the, the moment that I like most about prototyping. And, and that's usually a very happy moment for the customer.
0: I remember talking to Bridgestone, they talked about as the the aha moment when things finally clicked, like you said, and, and came together. So from thinking big to demystifying and democratizing really the experimentation and the craft of that iterative experiential approach, really appreciate those insights that you've shared. Thank you all so much for being here. Thank you.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: I'd like to thank our listeners for coming on today's journey with us. Innovation Ambassadors is a production of the AWS media series. Look for future episodes of our vodcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite streaming platform. If you have ideas for future episodes or comments on this one, send us a tweet at hashtag AWSInnovationAmbassadors and share your thoughts. Thank you.